Hey world, Reverend Saint here. I am Reverend Megan. We are two queer black women. We are ordained ministers who really love God, God and love to cut up, love to get down and get real. We move by the spirit, the beat, and our authentic being. We are ready to share our truth and our journey of love, life, and liberation. This is our time and our space to simply be. We, we are, are two rebs with, with no, no church. church. Gathering all those who want to get into the conversation about faith, hope, hope and love. I don't even know how to be hype about this one. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of Two Revs No Church. I'm Rev Say, And I'm Reverend Maiden. And we're so excited to bring yet another episode. Um, we talking about faith um, today. What's the time? Limited faith, limited spirit. Mm. how do you uh how can you experience the conditions of your life and conditions come in all forms how can you experience the conditions of your life and still show up in the fullness of faith mm. in the in infinite ways of in the infinite moments and ways of faith because <sighs> this one's a hard so, topic for me yeah <laughs> yeah because i i I don't know if I lose faith. Um, I was thinking um, my last spiritual direct direction meeting, I remember um, sharing a journal entry with my spiritual director and I said, uh, I have this, this, this series that I'm writing with God and which I plan on releasing. I don't know how I'm going to release it, but I really wanted to be transparent about this difficult season in my life, you know, post pandemic, post breakup, post um, figuring out how to, to survive and support myself because a lot of things got lost with 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 the COVID pandemic. So, anyways, um, this is difficult. Um, and one of the things that I said to God was, "I need you to fix. I don't have a mustard seed. I got a dusty faith right now. That's what I got. <laughs> not even a mustard seed. In my, you have a dusty faith. I have a dust like the mustard seed is dry and it's oh, just okay, dust. okay. And it's just it's just dust, and, and you know, and so you know what happened with dust, you know, it's it just blows in the wind. It just blows in the wind, and I'm like, God, you gotta accept this dusty faith because I wasn't ready for all of this. I mm -hmm. don't even know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's where I'm at for it. Yeah, it's like. It's like, I was about to say, it's like separating the straw from the chaff and the chaff blows in the wind because mm -hmm. it's not nourishing. Sometimes, it's sometimes faith don't feel enough mm -hmm. to cover the condition that you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Now that's good. It just sometimes I don't feel, when my mother passed away, I was in my last year in seminary. Oh, I was like, I don't, I don't wanna hear, God don't give me another word, don't give me another sermon. I don't want to sing another song. I'm not reading another scripture because I was just done. I was like, I'm done. You could have, you have your choice. This is going to sound bad, but this is the human in me. Don't judge me, y'all. You have your choice of who to transition to that next dimension. You're going to transition her. Mm -hmm. And I faith did not feel enough to cover my condition of grief, my condition of loneliness, my condition of confusion. Man, so, you know, so many times, like in that moment, I remember I was at work and I prayed. I was like, I pray while I'm walking down this hallway that I faint and my head busts open on this floor. Mm. Like I would pray for that to happen because I was just like, I was just like, I'm done. Mm. Like I'm done. 
So sometimes faith doesn't feel like enough to cover your condition. Faith doesn't feel like enough to get you through to the next yeah. phase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost like faith is a flashlight and it needs new batteries. <laughs> Like you, like you, you hitting it, you hitting the button, you read, you may go to scripture, you may sing your favorite, and it just don't hit the same. Yeah. It, it hit different. It don't hit the same. And you, and you like, well, what did I got to do? Yeah. And, and, and every time something hits you differently, right. Mm -hmm. and it's, it's almost like my, my, my faith minimizes. It's like, I mean, I know faith got me through this last time. But I don't know if faith is enough to get me through this one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I know it's going to be some church folk that's going to watch this and be like, faith is always enough. Can I just say, be quiet. Can I just say, that's wrong. But be quiet, because, because, ugh, please. Yeah, I, I, I think more for me, more than faith, um, I'm learning. Let me say this. I am learning more than faith. Um, love has covered me Oof. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't remove the condition it doesn't it doesn't speed up <laughs> the healing process towards the next phase but it does cover me in a sense where I feel that I am being cared for. Um, I don't know if I always attribute it to God in the moment. I think when I get to the new phase, I can say, oh God, I see how you cared for me by bringing people along mm -hmm. to love on me in a particular way. Um, but in the moment, I can't see it. Um, I can't experience it for, for what it is in the moment. Um, and so I think that's why, uh, I think that's why it's really careful when people are, I mean, I feel like we're talking a lot about grief here or when people are, are experiencing grief and loss, um, that we are so ever so mindful about the things that we speak, how we speak it and, you know, these religious um, jargons and, and cliches. That and feel empty. That, uh, that has that that feel that, that that I believe does more for the person who speaks it than the person that they don't do nothing for them that's yes it does do you think it does yes I mean it's it it does I believe it does, does it's, it do, it's, go ahead it's a it's it's a haughty thing like like right. you know what I'm I was about to say it does something for their ego yeah I not mean, for their it, spirit but it does something and when, something, something, does. But when, it, when something does something for your ego it don't do nothing but that's what I'm right. that's exactly what I'm saying it does yeah. something for them yeah to say that they showed up they said a word, you know, and, you know, I think my culture, my, my mom, I can really attribute this to my mom. Um, one of the things that she does well is that she feeds people um, and food is always this, this measure of love, mm -hmm. you know, that I don't have no words, but listen, honey, I'm going to feed you, mm -hmm. you know, you know, because I know you ain't going to get up out this bed. I know you ain't going to cook for yourself. Like, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to make sure that you are nourished in this time of grief because grief, man, could do something to your body, right? Mm -hmm. And so whether it's grief of someone, the death of someone or grief of the loss of, of yourself. Oof. 
Yeah. Right. The yeah. grief of the loss of losing self. Yeah. And yeah. trying to regain it. Grief comes in so many different forms. Yes. Right. And um, yeah, and, and faith. Oh, that faith, the substance of evidence not seen, things hoped for. <laughs> I said it backwards. But that faith that is written out in scripture um, for us to attribute in our daily lives, when the going gets tough and the tough gets going, but when it rains and it pours, it's hard to tap into that. And I believe, I believe it is when community, you know, I love community. I believe it is when those who, who are around me that can, or around the situation, the circumstance, that can pour in their love and their measure of faith into the circumstance that will usher the person to the next phase. Faith to the next phase. I'm gonna preach that. Faith to the next phase. What? I'm gonna preach it. Can you let me know when that happens? I'm gonna preach it. Usually, I'm preaching preach two things. I'm preaching faith to the next phase, and I'm preach, preaching a uh, 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 dusty faith. Okay, that's gonna be a listen. I'm gonna have a faith series <laughs> for the entire month. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we good. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I am Samuel Heath. Most people know me as Sam. Um, long story short, um, I love God and I love everything connected to God. I love people and I tend to believe that love of self plus a love of others is a love of God. I think those things happen just like that. Um, I started figuring out who I was from a very young age. Church all my life started preaching at five. Uh, became a licensed minister by the time I was 10, 15 decided that I wanted to become ordained and it hit me that I did not want to lie about who it is that I am, what it is that I believed. So that created me on this journey of discovery, um, exploration, matriculation process of figuring out who I was and all things that make up Sam. I went to a seminary, met some amazing folks and after unpacking much of what I've been taught to believe, I realized that I believe God just loves me just as I am. I don't think God created me to damn me to hell. I think that there is a lot of barriers between how the text was created, what it is that we believe, how we make it authoritative. And I unpacked all of that and made it my own um, text and embodiment of what it is that I believe. And me and God are okay. I think God rocks with me and I rock with God. <laughs> and after becoming whole and good with God, I decided that I wanted to help other folks love God and love themselves. So I'm in school to become a therapist. I like to say America's future therapist. Uh, because I want to help us love and help us love well. Sam, can you share, um, if any, in your journey, um, um, pushback, struggles, wrestles, um, and where uh, you, you may have even decided to let go of the faith or wrestled with letting go of the faith? Absolutely. Um, I've had many encounters and many run-ins. I remember high school days. Again, I've been in church all my life. For a very long time, I went through a suicidal period. Um, my grandmother, who was my all-in-all -all and still is my all-in-all, -all, had a little gun and I would sleep with that gun, um, attempting to kill myself. I would sleep with the knife. I, I wasn't bold enough to actually do the act. So for me, I thought if I would just sleep on this gun, sleep on this knife, somehow this process of death would happen. Um, I went through periods of doubt, 
um, I was told that, you know, the Bible says homosexuality is abomination. You know, you go into hell. My grandmother, who I love dearly and who has always been my center, um, when I first told her in ninth grade, um, the thought was, you know, you can't do this because this goes against God. This goes against the church. And it created a severe disconnect between me and her and her for a very long time, she just kept saying, I'm gonna leave you, you won't embarrass me. I'm gonna move because you're not gonna embarrass me. Again, pushed me to suicide. My little brother was killed a few years ago. And if anybody knows me, they know my brother is my heartbeat. Um, mm -hmm. He was my world. And I moved, I brought him to Atlanta where I was living. I became a federal investigator. I left Atlanta. I remember kissing him on his forehead in the Walmart parking lot. Shout out to the AUC area of Atlanta. And less than a year later, I get a phone call that my heartbeat was trying to buy an iPhone and was robbed and killed. Um, again, pushed me in a really, really dark space. And this is after years of unpacking who I am, becoming whole, becoming good with God, finding, you know, life is good. I don't care what nobody say, me and God are good. Then me and God were no longer good. Um, mm -hmm. I felt like God had felt me. Um, People say, you know, it's always God's timing. I didn't feel like my brother was okay. And I still don't feel like my brother was okay with timing. So I had a real issue with God. So for about a little over a year, I remember just laying on the couch and I don't want to hear Bible stuff. You know, I got a master's degree in divinity. You ain't got to tell me about the Bible, right? That's how we get sometimes. I didn't want to hear. I didn't want to hear God makes no mistakes. I didn't want to hear the short cliches or even some of the scriptures that we find to be helpful in, in times of grief. Um, I had a real issue with God. I disconnected. Um, and if I be fair, I'm still in a place of working through all of that, working through what it's like to come back to good place with God, to trust the creation, the creator who does not make mistakes. Um, and I spent a lot of dark days and a lot of time trying to figure out who I was all over again. And I've discovered that the more we live, the more we are often recreating who we are and what we believe as time goes. Um, yeah, I, I, I have been in the church all my life. And I remember just from the thought of people hearing I was gay at an age where I didn't even understand what it meant to be gay. Um, but just from the thought of them connecting that I could possibly be gay, I wasn't good enough, right? Um, mm. I remember running for positions in church. And in that day and age, that was the world. And knowing that I was one of the most qualified, and even to this day, being offered positions, one of the most qualified, put me in a space and I am confident I can hold my own. But because I am gay, you can't do this, right? You, you're not worthy of holding this mantle. We see all of these great things and we've invested in these great things, but this one thing separates. So that's still a real thing that I work through often. Um, I feel like I wanna go back to the black church and I wanna invest so much, but it's hard to do that because, uh, all of who I am is not fully embraced and that creates a disconnect. Um, so yeah, the struggle is still real. It's been real since I was a kid and it's still real now that I am 34 years old. So, so many moments. Why do you continue to come back to it? What's your why? Ooh, so church saved my life. Um, I am forever indebted to the body of Christ, forever indebted to the black church. I grew up in the heart of the ghetto, the thick of it. Um, my dad was the big time drug dealer. My mom, who I love dearly, and I have to say that because she don't really like for me to talk about it in this manner, but my mom had struggles, some real, real struggles. Um, and my grandmother with less than a ninth grade education, she had enough sense to get me to the body of Christ. And it was those people, it was that church in Daytona Beach that really helped nurture who I am today. So I feel like everything that I've, I learned how to read in Sunday school. 
I learned I learned how to stand up and present and articulate in, in Easter play, in Christmas play. And I want to be able to invest back into my folks, invest back into my community. So I always feel that trigger. On the flip side, my grandmother is still at my home church, right? My home church is still the place of foundation, although there's this really big, obvious separation between who I am and who they knew me to be this day. So whenever I go home and grandma's like, come to church with me, right? Come to church, come to church. Um, that invitation still creates a disconnect. And while she doesn't fully understand it all, um, and probably to some part, she probably never will, I try to overlook that and give grace in that area. But it's still very triggering to being in that space. But you know, when grandma says Mother's Day and I want you to come to church, I wanna show up. And my grandma then says, well, will you just sing a song? And all the little ladies who have been so um, instrumental in my life are next to me and they, they it's almost like they do teamwork. I sit down and they all gather around me as in to say they know I'm gonna leave shortly because that is true. I, I got about 15 minutes before I blow and I gotta go. So they sit around <laughs> me and they kind of, they kind of, you know, sit as if you're not leaving. We all here to protect you. And I'm appreciative of that. Um, and it's moments like that that keep me want to come. I, I want to believe, I want to have hope that that there is hope for the Black church. There, there is hope and that we're going to get there somehow. And I just want to be a part of that. So I guess I'm staying hopeful. Mm. So like the church folks will ask you to do so, so kindly, would you sing us a song? What would, if there was a song that you would sing in that particular space, that particular space in Daytona Beach, Florida, what is the song that brings you to that particular space and time? And if you could share that with us. That is a really, really great question. And I'm not even sure. Um, what would my grandmother say sing? <laughs> I, I used to have my own music group um, in high school. I had some of my friends. We started a little group, Sam Heath and Begotten Praise, Sam Heath and Spiritual Anointing. We went through a couple of different phases and thing changes. Um, and I used to write. Um, and I used to have a passion where I really, really loved to write. And writing was a part of my process of healing. Um, and I think I'm going to just share one of those songs that very few remember, but there are some ladies who would always bring up the days of my group. We would be in church, we would lead praise and worship, and they would support me, they would travel with us, and they just wanted me to sing. So one of the songs was about um, my journey with God, and it was me writing about giving myself freely to God and trusting mm -hmm. that God could do it. So it simply said, lover of my soul, you're the captain of myself, ruler over me. You reign eternally. You're my hope for tomorrow. You're the joy in all my sorrow. I give you all, all of me. Use me as you please, Lord. I give you all, all of me. Use me as you please, Lord. I give you all all of me and a way to reinforce myself we would then go to god can do it 
God can do it. God can do just what I need God to. God can do it. God can do it. God can do just what I need God to. God can do it. God can do it. God can do just what I need God to. That's probably mm. up in there. Yeah. God you got us both in tears. <laughs> Give me a moment, please. God can do it. God can do it. God can. Do it. Just oh my God! I was not expecting this. Jesus. Oh. Well, I'm gonna share why I gotta share my tears. Um, because we want to be very transparent in this space. Mm. I think the narrative for me has always been giving ourselves away and God, you do whatever it is that you want for our lives. And to hear you, it's like an affirmation as well as a, I, I hate to use this word, but it's the word. It's like commanding God to do it. Um, the thing that we need God to do. Um, and I think it's undoing some, some theological framework for myself um, as I am sitting and hearing you share your entire narrative, a lot of it, which I know about, um, and believing that from even myself, um, even in my own training, my own discipline, my own knowing, and believing again, me really having to believe again that God indeed can do what I need God to do. So I thank you for that. Oof, that offering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's uh well, one, I miss church. I miss uh, sitting under the, uh, the voice of others and surrendering to the voice of others. It's, it's something sacred about that. Um, and even though I'm, you know, I'm a supply pastor at churches, but it feels like ministry can be lonely. And it can be even more lonely when you don't understand so for me, let me say I. I don't understand what God is doing next mm. in the world with me. Um, and that was, you know, you singing that was just a reminder that 
Just let go, Megan. Just let, let go. Not that I'm holding on, but the let going is a process that I don't think is ever complete, at least for me. And it's just like, sometimes I get tired of thinking. Sometimes I get tired of, of trying to figure out. And uh, that's just reminded me, you singing that just reminded me like, God can do it. God can do it, yeah. I don't think we ever really pause to really consider how heavy the cross that we carry is. Um, yeah. Or we don't pause enough. Um, I sacrificed a whole lot to get to the space I, I believe I'm in today. Um, but it came with so much of <laughs> words and pressure. Um, God, what is this? Where am I going? This does not make sense. I'm trusting the promise. Next year, this time when I cross that stage, I'm gonna be ready to give full disclosure on the testimony of everything it took to finally get to a space where I feel like it all makes sense. Um, and it's all been worthy of it, but I just wanted to affirm the journey, affirm the, the calling, the push and the strain of it all. Cause I remember what it was like to lay on that couch for a little over a year. Um, to go to those thoughts of suicide. I remember what it was like to want to drive in front of the semi truck. And I just shared this with my friends yesterday, um, wanting to give up, um, feeling not worthy, feeling um, disappointed and let down. And not just by people. I mean, it's different when, when you wrestling with this with God, like God, I'm trying and I'm availing myself and you not keeping up your side of the bargain. Mm -hmm. um, that's a different conversation that very few ever even get to unpack or dare to have yes. because we're thought right we don't do that we don't have that type of conversation um, but I think even that is a part of unpacking the mystery of who God is mm -hmm. um, but I just want you to know that I sit in that tension with you daily I feel it on so many levels I'm just trusting God and trusting God afresh Amen. Amen. You know, I love you. <laughs> from, from the conception of it all, we automatically hit. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for Thank your you. time. Thank you for your gift. Continue to do what you do, how you do it in all your fullness and all your beauty and all your glory. Two Resonal Church is powered by the Saint Media, Jiggy Jazz Production, and B. Paul Mobley. Two Revs No Church is sponsored by Pennsylvania Southeast Conference of the United Church of Christ.